Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BLEAVE to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. At the 50, at the 10, at the 5, still going. Look at the line, bullseye. It's a Buffalo touchdown. Welcome back, folks. Hello again. This is your host, Kyrie Demos, and this is Bullseye, the UB Bulls football podcast. Today, I'm flying solo. No guests uh, on the show today, but, you know, we've got a lot to talk about. As the Bulls come off their second win of the season, uh, their their second non-conference win, their first win against an FBS opponent this uh, past week against Old Dominion, and, you know, what a game it was. You know, it was really the tale of two halves. You know, UB started out on fire. You know, they first uh, the the program first got on the board with a um, a CJ Brazil blocked field goal return touchdown. So very unique uh, play there. But you know that that uh, catapulted into a twenty eight point second quarter where Kyle Van Treese passed and rushed for a touchdown. Then Dylan McDuffie added a touchdown, and then another. Um, Return touchdown as Tim Terry ran um, a fumble recovery back. So a lot, a lot, a lot of scoring in that second quarter for the Bulls. And, you know, things were looking good. Life was good in the first half for UB. But life was definitely not too good in the second half as they gave up a uh, 27-0 run. Um, you know, the Bulls really were dominated by the Monarchs in the second half. But at the same time, too, UB was able to pull the game out you know, was able to secure the win. You know, it was a, you know, thankfully uh, UB was able to um, combat the, uh, you know, the the run in the second half um, with, you know, the mixed extra point, you know, pulling up the name here of the uh, kicker for Old Dominion. Um, that's, uh, you know, uh, Nick Rice, um, who just missed out on that extra point to be able to send the game in overtime, you know, after um, uh, DJ Mac Jr.'s uh, touchdown pass late in the action, connecting um, to Zach Kuntz. So, you know, again, it was it was definitely um, a nail-biter and one that I know Coach Mo Linguist and his staff um, have a lot to to show with the, the, with the program. But I think one thing that's very hopeful about the game is just the simple fact that UB did not have its best showing, you know. Hey, yes, um, they looked great in the first half, but 
the the Monarchs really pulled a Lee Corso and said, not so fast, my friend, in, in the uh, second half and really were able to take control of the game. Thankfully, UB was able to hold off um, in the end. But, you know, it's definitely something that I don't think I don't think it's a way um, that UB wants to and the Bulls wants to want to be living, you know, throughout the rest of the season. You know, that was very a very, very close call. Um, you know, even just thinking about it, Kyle Ventris, I know he had 191 passing yards in the game, but 117 of those came in the first or in the second quarter alone, not just the first half. So, you know, it was it was uh, discouraging to see how the passing attack was slowed down to some extent. But, you know, one real bright spot in the passing game was Keon Williams, you know, you know, one of our guests um, from a couple of weeks back now, you know, he was able to have his best game as a collegiate you know, nine receptions, 134 yards and a touchdown. Um, he's up to 24 catches and 346 yards uh, during his um, time here as a bull. And, you know, he's averaging 86 and a half yards a game. And, you know, he really just seems to be um, such a great fit um, in, in Shane Montgomery's offense, you know, for Kyle Trees. And, you know, he also has a nice compliment with Dom Johnson as well on the opposite side. So, you know, the passing game, I know there's been some ups and downs. You know, Kyle Trees only has two touchdown passes through four weeks of action. But let's take a deep breath, I think, just knowing that um, UB played through some of the toughest slates that it possibly could. You know, being able to to have a, you know, 16th, the 16th ranked team in the nation, I mean, Coastal Carolina on the ropes, um, you know, just a couple mistakes here and there in the second half that really held the team back, for, or, or second um, mistakes early on that, you know, the second half run that you'd be made, you know, really held the team back. You know, even just thinking about the Nebraska game, you know, a lot of a lot of plays that or there were only several plays that really determined it. You know, the game was really tight throughout and just the late sequence in the second quarter was it was really the difference. So, you know, I think you'd be to be able to get this win, the Bulls have to be delighted. Just one, like I mentioned, being able to play a game win a game and and know that, hey, that might not have been our best effort forward, our best foot forward on tape. Um, you know, I think that's something that's that's very meaningful. Uh, but also, too, just knowing that, you know, the Mo Linguist era is really getting off to a start that the team really should not be hanging its head over. Like I mentioned, the Coastal game and the Nebraska game, those were two tough losses. But to be able to hang around with those teams and, you know, also to even with the Old Dominion game, being able to travel on the road and take on a team, you know, in in a similar regard as yourself, uh, you know, I think the Bulls should be very proud of themselves for how they've handled things thus far. You know, um, just just taking a look at, you know, some names to highlight. Dylan McDuffie led the team in rushing now for back-to-back weeks um, as he finished with 59 rushing yards and a touchdown. You know, he actually is the team leader in rushing touchdowns at the moment with four. Um, We mentioned Keon Williams. And, you know, speaking of that running game, you know, the Bulls have three backs that are around the 200-yard rushing mark um, with Dylan McDuffie, Kevin Marks Jr., and Ron Cook Jr., you know, a lot was made about what this offensive line could be and, you know, what they would put out on tape. Through four games, this team has yet to allow a sack. So, you know, just continuing on with the trends that uh, this team set in the trenches, you know, over the last handful of seasons, you know. So keeping things going, you know, now that, you know, Coach Matt Stansfield um, is the head offensive line coach and, um 
James O'Hagan being back in the program as well. You know, they've definitely been able to do some things and um, bring those guys along. And, um, you know, they've, they've continued to carry on the tradition that uh, a lot of others um, like Coyote uh, Owasika and, and others uh, began a few years ago. So just looking at, you know, the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, the second half, again, was not pretty. But at the end of the day, the Bulls were able to, to pull off the win, you know, um, just thinking of – um, some names that stood out defensively, Gaddafi Wright, you know, finished with a team high 11 tackles, a sack and a forced fumble. Corey Gross um, broke out a little bit, um, getting back to his 2020 form with 10 tackles, as well as 10 tackles for Max Michelle, um, who finished with a sack, and Marcus Fuqua. Um, James Patterson doing his thing as usual, eight tackles, a sack, a pick, a forced fumble. You know, he was one of the, um, you know, he had one of the game-saving tackles later in the game and, and as well. So, you know, he, he continues to show why he's um, been an all-MAC performer and, you know, why he is the captain, one of the captains of this team and um, why he um, just brings so much to the table for the Bulls. You know, I think he's a guy that, you know, obviously he leads by example, knows what's right, does what's right, but he's a guy that, you know, his play on the field matches that same energy and intensity. So it's exciting to see that he's taken advantage of his senior year. And, you know, obviously his uh, twin brother, um, Jarrett Patterson, is playing on Sundays. You know, if James uh, continues this trend, you never know. He may be joining him um, as a, you know, NFL contributor um, sometime next year. So, you know, I think also, too, um, you know, just thinking about this game and statistics and things of that nature, um, you know, definitely was was a, a, a strong showing from the Monarchs, especially in the second half. You know, they were able to outgain the Bulls in first downs, passing, rushing, passing yards, rushing yards, and total offense as a whole. But I think two things stood out for UB and uh, the, the Bulls should try to lean on these things moving forward. You know, I think, you know, the fact that they were able to win the time of possession and they've done that. Uh, they did that also against uh, Coastal, I believe, as well, which is, is is a pretty important stat. You know, I think it's something that shows that, you know, nine times out of ten, if you're a team that is winning the, the time of possession battle. But also, too, you mix in, they won, the Bulls won the turnover battle three to one. And to have a special team touchdown, the the formulas have shown that, you know, if you have if you're winning in all those categories, also including in the, you know, the uh, specs touchdown, um, the the percentage of you winning or the chances of you winning that game um, percentages show that, you know, it's much more likely um, if you if you're able to follow through with that. So it just goes to show, um, I think, you know, like I mentioned, you know, with you be not playing well playing up to its standard in terms of the second half versus the first half, but also too to to think of, you know, just some of those things that I mentioned with the time of possession turnover battle. Those are all things to to really hang, you know, UB's cap on uh moving forward as, you know, as the Bulls enter Mac play, as they bring on a um high level opponent in Western Michigan. And um, you know, they they look to continue on with, you know, what's been a um a solid start um here in the Molinguist era. So just thinking about the game as we just discussed, we have some post game press conference uh chatter from Molinguist and uh James Patterson. So take a listen here guys and enjoy. Away on the road with a one point victory. 
listen, these games, uh, when you go on the road, uh, there's so many elements involved with the overall outcome of the game. And uh, just part of the gospel finding a way. Uh, you know, I've been a part of enough of these games where, uh, you know, a play doesn't happen here, a play doesn't happen there, and uh, we're having this conversation after a loss. Right now, we're having this conversation after a win. Uh, we still go right back to the process and the systematic approach that we got to have every single week to get ourselves prepared. We're going to watch this film. Uh, we're going to make the, uh, in, uh, the changes we need to make, emphasize the things we need to emphasize, and make any adjustments that, that are needed to continue to improve this team. Rachel, you can lead us off. What was the biggest difference for your team between the first and second half? You're leading 35 to 7 at that, cruising, and then Old Dominion scored with 27 unanswered points. Where were the breakdowns? What was the breakdown for this team in the second half? I just think it's the nature of big time college games on the road. I mean, it's a hostile environment. Uh, Old, Old Dominion credit to those guys battling back, and uh, they responded to the situation that they were in. Um, there's a couple plays where we had a couple balls on the ground. We could have made a player here uh, where we could have gone off the field if we didn't make the play. Uh, so we're going to watch this film. We're going to look at everything that we need to look at and uh, make sure we point out the things we need to point out to this team in terms of what didn't go the way that we planned on it and, over, and really go back to our practice and, and have everything that we do uh, just to, uh, just to uh, make sure we're looking at all pieces of this roster right now. But, again, listen. Uh, these games, they could have gone in either direction. Really, you look at Coastal, we could be sitting here really 3-1 and one right now. Even if we put away a couple things with Nebraska, those things were within our reach. Uh, we found a way to battle on the road and get the W that we needed. For, for you as a coach, too, to watch that final drive by Old Dominion unfold, what was your, your vantage point? How do you kind of keep the team on course even when things are kind of going awry there? Sure, boys. Boys is the answer. You know, boys, we, we, we talk about boys in uh, pressure moments all the time with our loss and all that. We look at the drive that they had prior to a ball is on the ground. We had an opportunity to scoop it up. Uh, there's another fumble. We had our hands on it. We didn't come away with it. And you really look at the uh, fourth quarter. Uh, we had the one takeaway, had another opportunity to get another takeaway. We didn't get it. But you have to have boys. You really do. They're big time heavyweight fights. That's what they are. Uh, you're not going to always have pretty and perfect games. Uh, sometimes you can be down, the battle has to battle back, you can be up, you got to stop somebody else's momentum. At the end of the day, we did what we had to do to get the, get the W that we needed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Coach, uh, what do we can say about uh, where you hit Riggins both this evening and how his, uh, his not playing impacted this game? Sure. You know, Taylor's a big-time player for us. We had a number of guys that were out with, uh, with a couple of mixes and, and things that, that were going on, and Taylor's one of those guys. He'll be healthy and ready to go for back play. Um, uh, we just we, we missed it tonight. We didn't have any of guys that had to step up. That's the nature of the culture, though. You know, guys have to understand, uh, you know, sometimes when you're a backup and a guy can be a backup and think, well, somebody else is going to be in there. I'm just really not going to be involved. We, we coach every single person to be ready at all moments. And uh, we had some guys that really had their first opportunity to play a lot of action tonight. Uh, we'll watch the film and see how they did. With some other guys stuff up like playing and did some good things. And uh, we'll evaluate everything that we need to evaluate. But uh, Taylor Riggins being out, you know, one of your best players on defense, one of your best players on the roster. Uh, definitely look forward to getting him back next week. Coach, you pulled your team together at the end of that second half. Uh, you had a message for them uh, for that final play. What did you say to your team uh, at the end of the game? The end of the game or the end of the half? Uh, well, actually, you said something at the end of each half. I'd be interested in hearing about both. Uh, second half, uh, most importantly, though, however. At the end of the half, 
we just talked about the boys. I think I told about each a little bit. Just you got a little chippy, you know, guys. Uh, competitive spirits get out there. Uh, you know, they, they had one hit. We, you know, just the back and forth. We're just making sure guys have boys. Uh, at the end of the game, I just told them I love my guys. I'm proud of you guys. And uh, there's a lot of accountability in this locker room. Uh, everybody's uh, saying, you know, I'm going to do a little bit better here. We're going to do better here. Uh, you appreciate accountability even after a win. And uh, I just told the guys that I love them. We're going to watch this film. Uh, we will correct what we got to correct and we'll move forward and improve. did you see the celebration on the field that Old Dominion was called for at the end of regulation after the, the touchdown? I really didn't. You didn't? Okay. Well, what was your reaction when you saw the flag come out? I'll just, I try to get them to the side judge and just ask them, just ask them what was going on, just get some communication. Hey, what's the situation? What's the flag about? Uh, what was going on? You know, no one's forgotten uh, in the way the second half went, but in the first half, uh, it was pretty wild also. Uh, you know, block kick started the game. Uh, you know, block punt, block kick, another block punt. What do you think, your guy? Who are the leaders in those situations to step up and give you guys the boys that you need to teach about that? Sure, I think uh, CJ Brazil's uh, block kick and return for touchdown really gave us a ton of, it's kind of a catalyst. It gave us a lot of momentum heading into that, in that first half. You know, uh, I think both teams would probably say, you know, uh, the kicking game uh, is an area that kind of went back and forth for both teams. They could probably point out a couple of things. I know I sure can. And, uh, again, the whole season is about the steady climb. It's about your journey, how to improve the loss, improve your team from week to week, and find ways to, to come out on the other side that you want to come out on. So, uh, uh, like I said, guys, we're going to watch the film. There's so many moving pieces to it. Uh, uh, and we can talk through anything right now, but ultimately we're going to watch the film. And we'll see exactly what we need to do to, uh, to emphasize the change, and we'll go from there. Hello, Anthony Harris. What's All right. Uh, you want to just uh, talk a little bit about the game, your overall thoughts, and then come away with a big, uh, big road victory? Um, you know, it wasn't worth it. At the same time, there's a lot of things we can say about the team. And uh, as a whole, as a whole family, you know, some of things that we have to work on, especially little things. Uh, on the week, I'm not going to have no drop off. 
guys just looking into the matchup ahead for the weekend um, it's going to be an exciting matchup just for the fact that this is a game where this is a potential mac title game preview you know we've got two of the best teams in the mac you know obviously what ub's done over the last handful of years you know um but currently they're tied record wise with bowling green um atop the the mac east um at two and two overall but also too, just looking at what Western Michigan has done, you know, starting out three and one, you know, tied atop the Mac West currently with Eastern Michigan. And although Toledo is the only team that's gotten into Mac play on that side, you know, still you know, the, the Broncos have shown to be a very strong team, you know, coming off of a 23 to three victory over San Jose state. You know, they also were able to down Pittsburgh 44 to 41 and um, shut out uh, Illinois state. Um, at the FCS level, 28 zip. So, you know, the, the program has been able to, you know, sh- you know, make, you know, their, its way, especially coming off of the season opening loss to Michigan. And, you know, it, it all really all starts, ends and starts with the quarterback play of Caleb uh, Ellaby, you know, who is atop the Mac currently with 902 passing yards, seven touchdowns and no interceptions. And, you know, I think, you know, it's going to be an interesting matchup to see how the Bulls defense comes to play against, you know, LB, who, you know, has been able to attack a lot of defenses. And, you know, he he's a guy that, you know, he actually did go over 300 yards against Pitt. You know, and that, that that's saying something, you know, obviously Pitt being over in the uh, ACC now and everything like that. So, you know, to be able to have a performance like that, you know, in a win as well, you know, I think says a lot about the talent that Ellaby has um, himself, but also, too, you know, some of the guys he has, you know, around him as well. You know, he's got, you know, pretty strong receiving core, you know, with talking about Crooms, uh, Corey Crooms, who is only second behind um, Keon Williams um, in the MAC conference 
you know, with his 334 receiving yards. Um, he also has 20 receptions and three touchdowns on the season. But, you know, the, the Broncos have some other guys as well. You know, just thinking about Sky Moore, who also has over 240 yards and um, just talking about Jalen Hall as well. You know, he's got two, um, 200 yards receiving thus far, 202 to be exact on the season. So, you know, some dangerous weapons that, um, you know, this Bulls defense is going to be having to match up against. You know, it's going to be uh, great to see what the secondary can do with Jamarcus Ingram, um, Corey Gross being back there as well. Um, you know, just, just thinking about some of the challenges I think uh, UB could potentially be posed with in this game too, specifically on the uh, defensive side, you know, going up against the Western Michigan offense. It's going to be, you know, I'm really going to be keyed in to see what the the running game is looking like for the Broncos. You know, they've been able to put together, you know, pretty strong running game. You know, that just thinking about Sean Tyler and Ladarius Jefferson, um, they've combined for 556 rushing yards and eight touchdowns thus far this season. And, you know, can you be really stopped to run? You know, ever since the Nebraska game, you know, I know the numbers are going to be a little bit skewed, having played three straight mobile quarterbacks, but that's the name of the game now. But UB has given up um, an average of 242.7 rushing yards per game, you know, so that that's definitely not a number that um, a linguist, you know, wants to to uphold. And, and you know, he, I'm sure he wants to get that turned around real quick. So just flipping over to the other side of the ball now, the UB offense – you know, I think also needs to lean on the running game. You know, seeing what Dylan McDuffie has been able to put together, seeing what uh, Kevin Marks has been able to put together, Ron Cook as well. You know, all three guys going over to or being right in the um, roughly 200 rushing yard um, total um, range. You know, I think that that's a, a strength that the Bulls need to keep relying on. You know, the offensive line has played up much better than, you know, some would it would have anticipated coming into the season, but they have a lot of continuity just in terms of, you know, it's a group that has really had a lot of guys developing, learning in the system and um, has seen guys really now break through to, you know, get into the starting lineup by Gabe Wallace. But just, just thinking about the Western Michigan defense, you know, what's, what defense is going to show up for the, for the Broncos, you know, you have performances like last week against San Jose State um, and Illinois State where they give up three combined points. But on the flip side of that, you know, we talk about Pitt giving up or Pitt being able to put up 41 points um, on the Broncos and as well as Michigan, obviously Michigan being the 14th ranked team in the country. That's, you know, a, a different animal. But at the same time, too, you know, it, it's been a lot of ups and downs for the Broncos defense. So I think that's going to be a matchup to watch. And I'm really intrigued to see who the uh, Broncos have match up against Keon Williams, you know, Dorian Jackson or Theron Coleman, you know, just, just thinking about what Keon Williams has been able to do. You know, he's had 90 yards or more in three of his four games here at UB. So just, just seeing how impactful he's been for Kyle Van Treese in the offense, I think it's going to be important moving forward. Um, you know, but especially with this game, I think this is a game that Keon Williams can really take advantage of the Western Michigan defense if given the opportunities, um, you know, with, with Shane Montgomery's offense. Just also, too, talking a little bit about the offensive line. I know I, I mentioned them earlier, but, you know, talking about how they're going to match up against 
uh, defensive lineman um, Ali Fayad, who has four sacks, and Ralph Holly, who has three and a half sacks. You know, this is an unbelievable statistic, but UB has not given up a sack this season. I, I know I mentioned that, but they have only given up two sacks as a program with Kyle Van Treese under center, which is un- unbelievable. Or in the last 18 games, my my apologies. But regardless, an unbelievable statistic. And, you know, just goes to show that, you know, yes, some guys have moved on, graduated, gone on to NFL teams and things like that. But at the same time, too, this is a unit that continues to show its worth and really is the heart and soul of the team. You know, I think everything really starts and ends with the guys up front um, and just knowing that the UB offensive line can, has just continued doing what it's been doing. You know, I think it's important to see. So, um, again, just just talking a little bit about this matchup, I think the big thing is going to is going to be seeing what Joe Cawthon and Mo Linguis, um, what type of game plan they devise to to slow down Caleb Ellaby. You know, what James Patterson, um, the quarterback of the the UB defense, you know, as a middle linebacker, what he will be able to do in terms of adjustments and, you know, being able to get his guys on the right page. You know, as I mentioned, too, you know, just thinking about the the secondary, um, you know, with a pre-Washington as well. Um, you know, I just I think UB is, is in a position to really make a statement um, in, in, in getting the MAC play going. Um, you know, I think obviously, uh, you know, the last time these two teams played, it was a lot of fireworks. You know, one of the most memorable games, not only in UB history, but in college football history, the seven overtime uh, win for Western Michigan, uh, 71-68 final that was back in 2017. So it's been a little bit of time since the two programs have faced off. But, you know, I think this is going to be, again, another exciting matchup Two of the best teams in the MAC. You know, I think UB can really get itself in a position to stamp, you know, just what it's really uh, just to stamp itself as a program that really is going to continue moving on. Obviously, the Lance Leipold era is has come and gone, but the linguist era, the Mo linguist era, is just getting underway, and it can really get going off on the right foot if Mac play is handled just the way the um, Leipold era handled it as well. You know, the the best Mac team um, since. 2018, um, you know, record-wise for for UB. So, you know, to be able to keep that going, it starts with one. Um, and I think this is a, you know, a great game to do because, you know, to be able to knock off a team like Western Michigan, who has, you know, some 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 pretty notable performances and it has shown to be, you know, one of the cream um, programs in the crop of, of the MAC this season, you know, I think it's just going to go to uh, – it, w- it will really be beneficial for UB to be able to pull this one out. So it'll be interesting to see, and we'll definitely be tuning into it. Um, we'll definitely have some coverage for you guys. Um, I'll be uh, at the game Saturday just to, to let you guys know, and, you know, it'll be it'll be cool to be checking the game out from the booth, from the press box. So we'll, we'll definitely uh, keep you guys posted on how things play out, what I see from uh, the eye in the sky, and, you know, just how uh, – you know, things look for the Bulls uh, this coming Saturday. So just wanted to let you guys know, as always, this podcast was brought to you by Bet Online. Um, this is Kyrie Demos signing off. I'll definitely be checking in with you all very soon. Stay tuned and horns up, y'all.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.